this is Susan. And this is Katie. And this is Sometimes Gwen. And And welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. And we are so, so, so excited about today. Uh, Gwen called us with the show notes and, oh my heavens, I literally came home and talked to my husband about it. I was like, this is going to be such a great episode. I can't even stand it. I'm so excited. (laughs) Truly, truly great. Because if any of you tuned into our Valentine's Day episode, we talked about meeting our husbands and love and marriage. And someone mentioned sex. And then we all kind of laughed and said, oh, that's a subject for another day. Well, the day has arrived because our guest today is Ruth Buses, and I think I said that name right, Um, and she actually is a Christian sex educator. So that thrills us that she actually would be on our podcast today and give us awesome wisdom in a really important area. But let me just tell you a bit more about her. She lives in Minnesota, and um, she's a wife and a mom to four girls and an electrical engineer who loves to build furniture. (laughs) I love that. Um, But then she is a Christian sex educator. So pull up a chair and lean into this life-changing story of cultivating real intimacy. Ruth, we're so excited to have you. It's super fun to be here with you today. (laughs) I tell you, um, We are only on the third try of trying to record this podcast. We have had the craziest morning of technical glitches and microphone issues. And so we are now going strong and we are eager, eager, eager to jump right into your story. So let's jump into your story eight years ago. What initiated an epic change in you, Ruth? Yeah, I took a Bible study at church on Song of Songs and we were studying it as an allegory of God's love for us. And so each week we were supposed to read Song of Songs out loud um, as if God was speaking those things over us. Mm. And, um, you know, it did a couple of things. I I do remember, like, there are all these passages where God is telling you, like, you are so beautiful. Your eyes are like doves. You are so beautiful. And I remember just kind of cringing as I read those passages because I never really related to being beautiful. Um, I I did a lot of things. I was good at school. I accomplished a lot of things, but I wasn't beautiful. I wasn't that girl. And um, and I really wrestled with that because it wasn't man telling me that I was beautiful. It wasn't even my husband telling me that I was beautiful. It was God telling me that I was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so why couldn't I receive that? And um, And I kind of landed at this spot of, you know what, being beautiful wasn't something that I could do or accomplish. It was just something that I was because God created me in his image. Mm -hmm. Absolutely stunning, both inside Mm -hmm. and outside. Mm -hmm. And when I received that truth, somehow it, even though I've been a Christian for years, it flipped my dynamic of... Um, this head knowledge of who I was as a Christian to um, to stepping into this intimate love affair with Jesus where I could just be, be received and loved just like I was, where I did not have to worry about um, being perfect or, or having the wrong or the right answer, and, and I could stop hiding 
I <sighs> spent a lot of years hiding. Um, I remember during that time, people coming up to me and saying, you look different. What's going on? Because it just shifted everything in, in me. It shifted how I prayed from, you know, this idea of, oh, I need to get up and start, you know, I, I need to pray to like, I was just talking to God throughout the day or I'd be driving down the street and all of a sudden I'm blurting out, God, you are so amazing. God, I just praise you. And just this conversations throughout the day, um, it shifted how I worshiped um, from, you know, a, a place of really wanting to worship to a place of really surrendering and um, not thinking about what anybody else thought or what I thought, just like being with God in his presence and really worshiping freely. But the second thing it did, and, um, and I don't think I expected this, but I remember several weeks through the class saying to my husband, do you know how many times we've had sex lately? Like, like all of a sudden I was reaching for my husband more often because somehow Song of Songs had helped me understand and how much intimacy God had wanted to have with me and, and maybe how much intimacy he wanted me to have with my husband. And somehow intuitively I knew that sex was part of that. And um, That's beautiful. Wow, is that beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, like, like I I feel like what you're saying is you shifted from a duty relationship Mm -hmm. (laughs) with Jesus of I got to get up and pray because that's what a Christian does. That's my duty. I've got to do this and do that. To oh my goodness, this is my delight. This is my pleasure. But then um, the intimacy and the love of Jesus, and then He's saying now, now love your husband like. Yeah, you know, it shifted my it shifted my whole dynamic of sex. And my husband and I, you know, we're a couple of engineers. We get along well. We work well together. Um, But I I don't know that we had that intimate a marriage. We had a safe marriage. We didn't talk about really hard things. We had sex, but we didn't talk about sex. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, we went to church together, but we didn't pray together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it shifted my whole idea of sex in the, exactly the same way from, uh, like, I went on this year-long journey of trying to figure out, okay, well, what is sex supposed to be? And, and at the end of that journey, sex had totally shifted from, oh, this is something I need to do for my husband, or it's just something we do when our body's screaming that, that we need sex, um, to this is like this intimate way that I connect with my husband on a, on a regular basis that changes everything about our relationship. And, mm. and, and sex became something that was no longer driven by hormones, but was driven by like, I know what it means to be this intimate. And so how can I not do this on a regular mm-hmm. basis in order to continue to create this much intimacy. So really, even changing, even changing sex from more duty or more flesh-driven to more uh, delightful spirit-driven. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think we believe so many lies about sex. <laughs> 
Yes. And, and some are from culture as far as, you know, the, you know, in the, in the TV shows where it's the husband chasing the wife around and the wife is like, just leave me alone. And, and you get this impression, well, sex is for men. But, it, but some of those messages are also from church. You know, yes. it, it's yes. the marriage book that, you know, towards the back, it has a chapter on, you know what, wives, sex is so important for your husbands. And so you really need to make this a priority. And this is how it makes them feel connected to you. And then there's a chapter on husbands, like you really need to care for your wife and serve her and love her and help with the kids and help with the dishes. But never is there a chapter that says, you know what, husbands, like your wife is very different from you and she may not realize it, but I created sex for her too. And it's really important for her. And, and it's going to take work and focus and devotion in order for you to learn to create a sex life that is mutually satisfying and fulfilling mm-hmm. for your wife. Um, this does not come naturally. It takes hard work. And you ne- you're going to need to be able to talk about hard things. Oh, my. Ruth, where were you when I was younger? I know. This is so good. (laughs) Truthfully, I remember uh, a mentor I had when I was younger who said to me, the most godly women are also the most uh, sexual with their husbands. In a way, she didn't word it exactly like that, but I looked at her, I'm like... All right, well, I'm not very godly. Then. I, maybe, it, maybe I can grow in that. But, I mean, I know I swallowed a lot of those lies. Sure. Um, yeah. Like, this is important to him, so just right. do it. Well, when you get that in your head, it's a duty. It's not a delight. It's a, like, just go do it, you know. One more thing to suck the life out of you. It, it, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you're tired, yeah. and you don't feel right. pretty or, you right. know. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, well, um, okay, so you had this, really, this life-altering encounter. I mean, this, it was mm-hmm. pretty incredible. And this changed you so completely that a year later, you felt called by God to start talking about sex. And then you eventually became a Christian sex educator. So talk to us and tell us how did that play out? Yeah, I think that's my own title, Christian sex educator. I don't know that there's a job. Like a job, like you go get a job to be a Christian sex educator. I just kind of <laughs> fell into this. Um, I, I knew how much it had radically changed my life, my marriage, but also my understanding of intimacy in general with Jesus too. And so I just felt like I needed to share this. And um, so I remember I sketched out like kind of six-week curriculum of, and it kind of followed my journey. And, um, and I invited eight close friends to my porch and I was terrified because at that point, like I didn't teach anything. I was terrified of public speaking. And so they came to my porch and, um, and by about week three or four, they were telling me, you can't imagine how this has changed my life. And that's how it started. And by like, it's just spread by word of mouth. Um, women telling women about this crazy class. And um, so it's been an amazing journey to watch women change. You know, they come in week one and they're kind of nervous and fidgety. And week two, we talk about um, God's design for sex. And like, if you took out, took away all your preconceived ideas of what sex or men or women are supposed to be, what does God say about sex? Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of this mind-blowing thing of, oh my gosh, wh- what is this? 
Um, week three, we talk about women's baggage. Mm. And, and we go after healing. We talk about lies that we've believed. And we talk about baggage. And I really challenge the women, like, okay, like this is an opportunity to speak what's going on with you. What healing has God done in your life already? Or what do you still want healing from? And let's mm-hmm. pray for each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. What would you say are some of the top lies that women believe? Well, that sex is for your husband. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that only good girls do that. And mm. so, like, you can't enjoy too much freedom. Yeah. Um, that, that your husband only wants to use you or to, like, even, like, with his eyes, when he wants to look at you when you're getting undressed, that somehow you need to protect yourself from him. Um, yeah. So the, those are some of the big ones. Or that, you know, if you've made mistakes before marriage, right. well, you've ruined your sex life. Right. I was just going to ask, mm-hmm. do you, when you get into the baggage chapter, mm-hmm. is that a lot of what women carry? Like, well, obviously I can't enjoy sex now because I did X, Y, Z and those memories haunt me and they robbed me of the purity of it and the joy of it. So now I know it's supposed to be a good gift, but yeah, you know, it's my, it's my own fault, so I just can't enjoy this gift. It, it's every end of the spectrum. It's from that to really strong purity messages where they just began to believe, like, like, don't do it, don't do it. And then they got married, and they just never felt like they could actually relax yeah, right, and enjoy right, that. So right, it's all right. the spectrum. Sometimes it's shame from childhood's play experiences or from discovering their bodies at a young age and just feeling shame over that. It's yeah. all kinds of things. Sometimes it's – I had one woman um, – she got a dirty phone call, and I think she was like in second grade. She didn't even understand what it was about, but her mom kind of figured, up, figured it out, grabbed the phone, hung up the phone. But she, what she remembered was her dad got home that night, and she remembers her mom in the living room crying to her dad. He ruined her. How could he have done this to her? And, and so what impacted her was this idea of, oh, my gosh, I've been ruined. Oh, my. She didn't even understand this dirty, crank phone call. Oh, my, 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 my. Sometimes it's, you know, porn that they've been exposed to. Sometimes it's that their husband struggles with porn and they're, and they're battling with, well, like, does he, you know, what does he think of me? Well, how come I'm not enough? Right, right. And I'm sure you run into um, women that have been raped or Absolutely. In, in, in some way sexually abused. And so their minds just can't yeah. turn yeah, that every, off. And Everything, everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so week three, it, it is an amazing night of watching women minister to each other. Like, that's my favorite part. They just like, oh, they're bet. just like received with love. They're prayed over. They, they know that they're not alone. It's like, it's nothing that I do. I'm like, this is you guys. Yeah. This yeah. is God. Yeah. This is God. The Holy Spirit doing, yes. saying, I want to heal you. Yes. And I want to yes. make you a whole woman. Yeah. Not, not just, okay, well, I'll heal you. I'll forgive your sins. You know, right. I'll, I'll give you some spiritual gifts so you can get out there and, do ministry um he he's interested in wholeness right yes Yes. wholeness for us Um, sometimes we have this idea that we're supposed to do this for our husband yeah yeah 
And, um, and, and so like throughout the class, I'm like, this is about you becoming whole. This is, don't do this for your husband, don't right, do this right. for anybody else, do this for you. And the women walk in week four looking completely different. Oh my goodness. They do. Oh my goodness. Like they're laughing. They're, they are best friends with each other. Um, they are ready to just dig in. And so we start digging into topics. Week four, um, we talk about boundaries and what's right in your marriage. And we actually use masturbation as a gray area um, in the Bible and, and kind of sort through okay, so could this create intimacy? Could this create division? One of those situations, what biblical principles apply that you need to make sure that you're aware of as you discern these things? Um, we talk about how do you talk, communicate about sex? Um, and, and then week five, we talk about all the intricacies of how our bodies work. Because, <gasps> because you can't just, like, how do we, you know, sometimes you get messages from the pulpit of, you know, sex is supposed to be amazing and 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 this is God's good gift, and and yet there are half of the women in the congregation sitting there thinking, well, that's not how it is for me, right, right. And, and so it's important for women to understand, like, God made your body, and it is good, and and let's understand how our bodies work. And so we go into detail with that. Um, week six, we talk about our husbands' bodies, and we talk about. Um, kind of navigating frequency, and we talk, kind of wrap it up with some sex date ideas, and then kind of wrap it back to intimacy with Christ. Wow! Yeah, well, wow. it is fun. To give, well, to give our listeners like a little perspective, this really has grown from the eight women on your back porch, mm-hmm. and so you have taught eight hundred people personally, and another twelve hundred through video, and. Um, so talk to me for a second about these videos. So are the, is that available then for, so if somebody's listening right now and they're thinking, wait a minute, I've got a group of girlfriends that this is a topic we need to talk through and go through. Are those videos available for them to be able to go through? Yeah. Anybody can access the videos through my website, awaken-love.net. And you can, you can take it on your own if you want to. But I really recommend it grab at least, even if it's just one friend or maybe a few friends or maybe it's a whole group of women and go through it as a group because as important as the information and the teaching is, just as important is uh, the community of having a group of women that you can talk to about this and, and of dispelling this lie that we're not supposed to talk about this. In right, right, right. Like that's how we change the culture of sex is by talking about it, not by, you know, privately working on our own issues. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and I would say, I would say too, Ruth, that we've got a lot of young moms that are listening to this. This is gold for us to be able to have wisdom and how to talk to our kids. Absolutely. Ways that, especially our daughters in ways that are uplifting to them, because I will say, um, you, you want to walk a fine line of letting them understand the beauty of what God's created while also not shaming them for questions they're asking that you're thinking, why would they think that's okay? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and I think people have more and more an awareness of how important it is to talk to their, sex, to their kids about sex. But yes. I would tell you, you know what, even if you learn all the right answers, 
if you don't believe it yourself, if you are not comfortable talking about it, if it scares you to talk about sex, then your kids will pick up on that more than they will hear your words. You have to embrace it and work on yourself first. Um, I was just going to I was just going to say that like before you really honestly can turn around and help someone else like you can help yourself I mean yeah yeah and carrying around shame or sexual baggage when it comes to sex your your kids will still pick up on that yes. that you're embarrassed to talk about it absolutely you know your kids come to you and and ask you about xyz man, you need to be able to handle it. Otherwise, they're not going to come back and ask you. And it's such an important, it's such an important discussion that um, I'm I'm a kids minister. And so I'll have families come to me and saying, where do I start? Where do I start? Mm -hmm. And what I say to these families is you can start here and I'll hand them some really solid books about where to start with their kids. But I have to remind them, this is not a one-time conversation, right? You cannot just say, I've had the talk and then praise God and say, I don't have to have it again. I really believe, I mean, it, it's because our, you don't just talk to them one time about Jesus. It right. is a constant part of conversation. And I think you obviously do it age appropriate. The way I spoke to my, you know, my fourth grader is different than how I'm going to speak to my 10th grader. But I right. think as they age, it's an ongoing conversation. And if we get to the point where we're so wrapped up in fear of what right, right what our kids' choices are going to be, that we focus on the fear instead of the freedom that God has provided with this beautiful thing of sex, then it really shapes who our kids become. And I just, we're going to put um, in our show notes, we're going to put how they can um, get these videos because I just think it's so, so beautiful and so transformative. But okay, so let's go back a little bit further into your story. Uh, just for a few minutes, and I want you to describe your early years and how have you changed? (laughs) (laughs) I love that gig. I grew up out in California, um, and we had these, we had hills behind us with these big sprawling oak trees, and I remember um, we used to play tree tag in these trees, and we would literally jump from tree to tree chasing each other. I have this picture of um, there's like five or six kids lined up in a row holding this five foot long king snake. Oh my! And I'm five years old holding the head of the snake. Oh my! Oh my. And I'm sure I didn't think <laughs> twice about it. I um, I also felt um, a little bit. I, I think I felt like a misfit. I, I had some experiences in my childhood that that had filled me with some shame, and. Um, and I remember being that wallflower at the middle school dances and, you know, not having dates like the other girls and, and just knowing that I was different. Um, when I met, I, I ended up going to engineering school. I come from a long line of engineers and, and that's what I'm good at. And um, my husband and I met our last year in college uh, through mutual friends. And he didn't ask me out for, for several months um, and when he finally did, we went on a date and I came home and I immediately told all my roommates, I'm going to marry him. Like, I just knew he was the one. And, and I fell head over heels in love. And as we started dating, I found out that he'd had uh, two other very serious girlfriends and he'd, he'd slept with both of them. 
And in my mind, I decided, well, if he's going to fall in love with me, then we need to have sex. And so I was actually the one that initiated sex, even though I had intended to wait until I was married. And um, it took me years to really unravel that because I always had a hard time believing that my husband really desired me, that he was attracted to me. Um, Partially, I suppose, because I was that misfit tomboy, but partially because he didn't initiate sex. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I had two choices I could believe either, you know, he was trying to be a better man and do things right this time, or he wasn't really attracted to me. I just made a good practical choice for a wife. Hmm. And so you can imagine which one I chose. My husband's crazy about me. He is. And it wasn't until I unraveled those lies that I really was able to embrace that truth. And um, since that time, actually, um, he's finally started sharing a little bit of his baggage. And and there were reasons why he was kind of standoffish as we were dating. He'd just come out of a very serious relationship. And um, he was kind of in protection mode. Yeah. But I didn't understand that at that time. And so, you know, there are reasons that we feel the way we do. And sometimes it takes time to unravel. Yes. Um, But boy, it sure provides a lot of understanding and a lot of healing when we do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Like looking back and dealing with stuff before we can really move forward in great freedom. And, and And the truth will set you free. We, there's so many lies we believe. Right. And when you're talking about all the lies we believe about sex, and one of them is that we can't talk about it. <laughs> That's right. But, but then well, and, and you're not free because it's, right. it's hidden. You can't say the truth. You, you, you. Well, I think we believe this lie that God doesn't heal sexual sin, that that is the yeah. unforgivable sin. You know, it's those purity messages of, oh, well, you're this flower. And if you do things, well, these petals drop and pretty soon you're just this dry, dead stem. Well, uh, do we have messages? You know, yes, it's important for, it's God's best design that we wait. But kids also need to hear, you know what? God can heal you of anything. He can forgive you of anything. One of the the concepts that I've really picked up on, and I don't even know who started this. It might have been Julie Slattery, but um, instead of talking about purity where you either are or you aren't, it's black or white, um, to talk about sexual integrity. And we all need to live with sexual integrity, meaning that we're, we're honest, we're authentic, our sexuality is a part of all of us. And so um, whether you are a kid, a teenager, a young single, married, divorced, widowed, you wake up, wake up every day and you say, God, how do I live with sexual integrity today? How do I live in a way where my sexuality is honoring to you? Mm. Oh, boy. And so oh. it's, it, oh, it, it is an everyday choice, right? And, and boy, do I love that. No, Ruth, it's an everyday is, choice. Is this in your curriculum, the idea of, of living with sexual integrity? Yeah, it's in there. Um, I think we talk about it week three just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I tell you what, I'm getting stirred. I want to have a group. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
want to lead a group at my house. Um, yeah. I better not promise anything until we, we chat. But truly, I really do think this is just so, so, so important. So important. Um, well, tell, tell us this. What You've talked about your curriculum. Can you say... I mean, we've talked about how the listeners can participate. What does that look like? What, what is, because do you, you have to have a leader. You've got, you can, how many women can you have in it at one time? You said you can do it alone, but like, I'm curious, like when Katie, cause Katie is big into, she loves teaching and leading. So do you have to have somebody in there knowledgeable about this topic or can you just all be guided together? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, you can all be guided together. I have women take the video classes that have never been through the class. Okay. And you're basically hosting the class. The video has all the teaching, but it also has um, it places where you pause the video and there are questions to get oh, conversation yeah. going. So they're, they're kind of interactive videos. Um, the curriculum includes, we use the uh, Christian books, Sheet Music by Kevin Lehman. And Mm -hmm. Intimate Issues by Linda Dillow and Lorraine Pintus. Very well-known Christian grounded um, books for the reading. And then then we use Song of Songs, of course, throughout the class. And then as an additional part of the class, um, there's a daily email that you get every day that you're in the class. And it's just like this short little article. And some of them, they're pretty fun and spicy. Um, it's a way for women to kind of get used to this idea of keeping sex on their mind. Um, and so, yeah, anybody can do it. it you, the, to take the class, it costs $20 to sign up and register on my website. And what happens is the person that's going to host the class signs up first and they put in whatever weeks they want to meet. So you can meet every week, you can meet every other week and whatever schedule you want. And you put in the week so that the emails come at the right time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, um, and then the, the host is giving the specific link that they send to everybody who wants to attend their class. And they, the, then the women just click on that link. It takes them to the right page to register and to pay. And then they're part of your class on the same schedule. Everybody has access to the videos. So if you miss a class, anybody can watch them. Oh, you just cool. stream the videos. You just stream the videos online and um, it's super easy. You can That's do it in your so home. Good. You can do it in the church. You can do it wherever you want. And then everybody just orders their own uh, books. Everybody can just order their own books. They can buy them used for, you know, a dollar. I, I really, honestly, I love this. Um, okay. Tell me about week six, because I see a little note here about week six. What is week six like? What is week six like? It says frequency, comma, date. Yeah. um, So when we talk (laughs) about... Wait, wait, wait. wait. No. (laughs) Quinn, what are you doing to me here? (laughs) Week six. Week six, we we spend some time talking about how our husband's bodies work. And I actually talk about some interesting things that... Are, are different than you might think of. And then we talk about frequency of like, how, a lot of times there's a higher drive and a lower drive spouse. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And how do you kind of, how do you navigate in that? And how do you um, even decide like how often sh- should you have sex? And like, it's even important for us as women to realize like the more often we have sex, the more we will want to have sex. 
And the less often we have sex, less we want to have sex. And I kind of think it's, you know, it's like sometimes you need to be intentional in your relationship with God on the front end. Because like, you know, like, like I need to start spending more time in the word or I, I need to, you know, open up some space to really be with God and pray or whatever it is. And then eventually you get to this sweet spot where you like, mm-hmm. like you love it. And if you miss it, yes. you're like, wow, yeah. right. Yeah. So what, all connected. Right. What if sex could be like that? What if yeah. intimacy with our husband could be like that? Where mm-hmm. we make an intentional choice on the front end and say, you know what? I need to prioritize this because it's just gotten to the back burner. And so I'm, we're going to carve out time. We're going to connect on a regular basis. Eventually, what if you got to this place where you were so intimately connected that when you didn't have sex, you missed it, even though your body was not screaming for sex? Oh, boy. I love that. Yeah. We had this idea that our hormones should control us as women. Like, I remember... Like we'd gotten to the place where we only had sex when my hormones spiked. Yeah. Those twice yeah. a month times. Like that's what it was because my husband was patient and kind and he just waited for me. Well, I used to think that sex was physical for men. Like why do they have to have sex all the time? Like just so they can get a release and like why do I have to do this for him? Well, it was me that was acting as if sex was physical it wasn't yeah. him. <laughs> and so we can't let our hormones decide when we have sex. It, once you reach menopause, it, you don't have those hormones. Right. 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 You're a straight line. <laughs> Hello. So you thank you. A, you can be a straight line way down at the bottom saying, you know what? Yeah. I don't need sex anymore. Right. Physically. Or, yeah. Right. Physically, you don't. So it, when you reach menopause, you don't have those hormonal spikes. You're basically just a flat line and you can either choose to be a flat line way down low of, I I don't need sex anymore. Or you can choose to be a flat line way up here where you have sex all the time because you understand how important it is to your relationship and what it can do for your relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I think understanding, really understanding the reasons God created sex um, can help you prioritize that. And we talk about that a lot in class. Class is not just like sex. God talks about sex is to get to know to get to the finish line. But are you on this journey of discovery with each other? Mm. Are you, do you know each other's insecurities? Can you read each other's bodies? Can you, um, you know, it, it's different than just going through the motions. That's so good. That and that's, so good. that's no different than our relationship with Christ, right? right? We can just show up to check it off the box of, well, I did this. Or like if you're in this journey of really getting to know Jesus, like you're listening, you're spending time, you're just being together, you're, you're ready for opening up your world to new discoveries. Like it gets better and better and better. Yes. Same is true in yes. our sex life, but we have to have sex in that way. Like... Like God designed it. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. This is so good. It is. It's so this good. is so good, Ruth. If you could leave us all with with one thought that you'd want our listeners to take away from this, what what, what would that be? Um, I'm gonna end with this. And this is not where I was going to go, but I'm going to just shift gears. Um, in class, we use Ephesians 5:31 through 32 all the time. 
Um, I'm going to read it to you. It says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. And it's this idea of um, becoming one in marriage, or I would say sex, is a picture of what intimacy with Christ looks like. And so if you don't know what's true about sex, measure it against your relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Does Jesus just want you to check him off the list and just show up for church? Or does he want your heart? Does, um, does Jesus, do you need to be all put together before you meet with Jesus? Or does he want you coming broken? Mm-hmm. Right? I, does, does your relate, will your relationship get boring if you're really getting to know Jesus? No, like there's always more to learn. The same is true with sex. But I would tell you that sex can also help you understand just how intimate God wants to be with you. And I think this will be, this is out there, but I, I'm going to tell you like, so I kept thinking about this and I'm thinking, okay, like, so when I have an orgasm, like this place, this moment in time where I'm thinking about nothing else, not what I look like, what I sound like, but it's just me and my husband face to face and nothing else exists. I think that's what worship is supposed to be like. Hmm. This moment in time where I'm not worried about what I look like, what I sound, it doesn't matter. Nobody else matters. It's just me and Jesus face to face. And so I would challenge you that, you know, as you work on your sex life, you will understand more and more just how intimate Jesus wants to be with you. Oh, wow. That is so beautiful. That is just so beautiful. And, and I told you at the beginning of this episode that I had a woman when I was very young tell me that, that really the most godly women are the most sexual. Now, she didn't really go into details, so I didn't really get what she meant. But what you just said right there, Mm-hmm. is obviously what she meant. That is beautiful. Yeah. That is yeah. beautiful. It is. it is. Oh, my goodness. Okay, listeners, well, be waiting for an advertisement of when we're going to have one of these classes. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking that. It'd be so good. Um, here's what I would say. Uh, listeners, if you are listening and you want more information, you need to go to www.awaken-love.net. And all of uh, Ruth's information is on there. And um, if you've got a group of ladies, I would just say jump right into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Susan, I was going to say, listeners, you don't have to wait for us to start a group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The way Ruth explained how easy it is to Mm -hmm. have one of these groups, um, I think of Marine Wives over on base in Quantico. You know what? Ladies, walk outside your door door get get your neighbors together invite them and just sit down and do this i think this is life-changing stuff and what i love about this too katie is um i love at the at the end that it really is teaching you so many things not only about sex but truly how treasured you are in the eyes of god amen how you are in the eyes of god and i just think Um, Even the exercise today before you, even after, you know, when you're going to that website and you're waiting on your friends, I think to where you can start the basic is go get your Bible, pull out Song of Solomon, Mm -hmm. Song of Solomon. Yes, yes. And read it out loud. 
And I remember when I was in college one time, I took a Bible study and um, the la- one of our, the ladies leading it, we had to do, take the song of Solomon and we had to read it while looking in the mirror at our faces. Mm-hmm. Oh. You had to start believing you were who God says yeah. you are. And I would just, even as you finish this podcast, go get your Bible, read the song Solomon or song of songs, whatever the title is in your Bible. Um, and I grew up with it saying song of Solomon. And so that's how I memorized it. So when people uh-huh. sing songs, anyway, um, because I think there's such, I mean, Ruth, you have, have totally challenged my thinking in so many things today and the beauty that God has designed sex to be is so much more beautiful than I am even pondering because of what you uh-huh, taught us uh-huh. today. It's just so uh-huh. beautiful. It is so beautiful. Uh-huh. Ah, this has been good. Because, and, and really, even in the show notes that Gwen sent us, the line that it's lean in and learn about intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so often when we say, hey, let's, let's learn about sex, we do think, Let's learn about the physical aspects. Let's learn about, you know, but really what you're talking about is it's so body, soul, and spirit. And it's really learning about intimacy. It's really learning about how to love God more, let him love you more, and then turning around and loving others more. Now, specifically turning around and loving your husband in a very intimate way. 